Good morning, everyone. We'll be reading about how we could be buried with Christ. This, and we're reading, we'll be reading from Romans chapter 5, verses 12, 21. Care to follow along kindly, please? Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned, But before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was the pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigns through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of the one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was added so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, Christ, I mean grace increased all the more, so that just so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hey, good morning, everyone. So is this working pretty good now? Well, welcome, especially to those of you who are here visiting with us. We, we're glad to have you here with us. Uh, last week, we were looking at Romans chapter 5. For those of you who are here, were able to join us. We were looking at verses 1 to 11, and we talked about being justified through faith in Christ Jesus. We have been justified by the blood of Jesus. And now, after having been justified, we hold on to the hope we had at the beginning, the hope of eternal life, the hope of a better life after this one for ourselves. And so we rejoice in our sufferings. We, we go through these sufferings so that we can grow and so that we can look forward to the hope that we have. Our sufferings help us to think of God and point us in the right direction. And we rely on the strength that God gives us. And we get through these sufferings, these trials, and we grow from it and we gain experience from it. We learn to trust God more and more. And so in verses 12 through 21, the reading that we had a moment ago in Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul transitioned. He changed. He changed over from talking about being justified by what Christ did on the cross to explaining that all people are under sin. So what he's talking about in that section might remind you of what he talked about in Romans chapter 3. Everyone is under sin. We're not going to have a PowerPoint today, 
just warning you ahead of time, so hopefully you can find a Bible in front of you or someone has one nearby. We're just going to look at scriptures today. We're not going to use the PowerPoint. As we've been saying over the last few weeks, Paul was dealing with Jews who were trying to convince Gentile Christians that they had to follow the law of Moses and be circumcised. And Paul said in chapter 5, verse 12, from the reading that we just heard a moment ago, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned, for before the law was given, sin was in the world. So sin existed from the time of Adam, and that's why he brings up Adam. He brings up the first man. And he says that sin existed from the time of Adam. Adam was the first human male to sin when he disobeyed God. God told him, don't eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of wisdom of good and evil. And so he did. He did exactly what God told him not to do. Sin enters the world. And so from from that first man, sin comes into the world. But after that, every person sins. They learn sin. It doesn't mean that we're born with sin. We have to realize what the text is telling us here. We learn sin. We learn how to disobey God. Ezekiel chapter 18 is a pretty good chapter. If you ever want to go there, we're not going to go there today. But if you ever want to do a study on the idea of sin, you know, not being born with sin, but learning sin, Ezekiel chapter 18 is a pretty good chapter to go to and study on the matter. So as Paul said in chapter 3, Verse 9, the second half of that verse, he said, We've already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. And that's what Paul's trying to talk about here in those verses that we had from the reading. He's saying even from the time of Adam, sin existed. Everybody is under sin. So you Jews who are trying to convince the Gentiles to follow the law of Moses and to be circumcised, it's not going to do you any good. You're under sin too. Everybody's under sin. And where there is sin... There is death. There is spiritual death. And so this is his argument. Sin entered the world through one man, Adam. Death also came with that, spiritual death. But life also came to all men through one man, and that's Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And this is the grace of God. This is the gift of God. So Paul talked about the grace of God in the verses from the reading that we just had. But he continues to talk about grace when he comes into chapter 6, as we're going to see in just a minute. But in verses 20 and 21 of chapter 5, I just want to touch on that before we get into chapter 6. We can see from verse 20 of chapter 5 that it says, The law was added so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So as we've said in previous lessons that uh, about the law of Moses, in which the Israelites were under, made them aware of sin. We, we looked at that in Romans chapter 7. We looked at that in other chapters It made them more aware of sin and more ways to sin. And we might think to ourselves, well, why would they sin more once they knew what God did not approve of? Why would they why would they do it more after they found out, Okay, God doesn't approve of that? You would think they would have done just the opposite. They would have tried to avoid sin. Right. So was it then curiosity that led the Israelites to sin even more? Well, maybe for some, maybe for some it was guilt and guilt is always a vicious cycle. Guilt makes us do things, and once we do those things, we feel guilty, and then we do it over again. It's like a vicious cycle. And we could apply that to a lot of things in life, can't we? And so the text says, where sin increased, grace increased all the more. 
And we know that grace is the undeserved love and mercy of God. It's a gift. God loves us, and he shows us mercy, even though we don't deserve it. So as it says in verse 21, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So as a result of sin, we are dead spiritually. We're far from God because of, because of sin. We've died spiritually, but we also die physically. So however, grace, that undeserved love and mercy that we're talking about, that is what reigns over us through righteousness, not sin. And that's what Paul's talking about. If you're in Christ, then sin doesn't reign over you. Sin does not reign over you. Instead, it's the undeserved love and mercy that reigns over you. And that through the righteousness of God. What Christ did on the cross makes that possible. And so, this righteousness comes from God to bring us eternal life. This is an eternal life that only comes through Christ Jesus our Lord. So for those of us who are in Christ, Jesus removed our sins, giving the hope and promise of eternal life. He removed the fear of death away so that we don't have to be afraid to die because we know where we're going after this life. God opened up a way for us to come to him and to be able to enjoy eternal life with him. So now we come to chapter 6. And if you'll open up your Bibles and get in there with me in chapter 6. And the conversation that the Apostle Paul was having with his listeners continued. And so let's read verses 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 6. So the Apostle Paul says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means we die to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So Paul made it clear that those who come to Christ are not to continue to willfully sin, to habitually sin. We have to clean up sin in our lives. We're not to keep doing it. Christ died for us to make us right with God. And God expects us to try to deal with these things, to try to master sin. We are to break those sin cycles. As he said, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Well, do we think that we can continue to sin and God will just increase his love and mercy for us? And this is what Paul's talking about. He says, by no means, Paul said. But what did Paul mean when he said we died to sin? What was he talking about? We died to sin. Well, well, let's read the next two verses, and then we'll, we'll look at that very thing. He says, Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So when we are baptized, we are dying to sin. We're, we're leaving sin behind in the waters of baptism. We are burying our sins, and we're being washed and purified by godly blood in the waters of baptism. You might not see the blood of Jesus while you're being baptized, but it's present because God said so. And so we're dying to sin. We're leaving it behind. We're being raised to a new life, a new life in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 3, verse 25 says, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. So we're being washed and purified by godly blood in the waters of baptism. We talked about having faith in Christ's blood in baptism last week. We touched on it. But in Romans chapter 5, verse 9 says, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? 
through Christ. Only by the blood of Jesus through the waters of baptism can we be justified. By coming to God in obedient faith, by believing in who he is and repenting, by being baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Only by the blood of Jesus can we be justified, not by anything that we do. We are being washed by that godly blood and we're being forgiven. We're dying to sin. We're putting sin to death, so to speak. Think of it that way. Putting sin to death in the waters of baptism. We come out of the watery grave to newness of life. A new creation, as scriptures tell us. We see two great events coming together in the waters of baptism. Two great events. The first one happened in the first century. The Son of God, Jesus our Lord, came to die for the sins of the world. Jesus died, was buried, and rose again to life. This is the first great event that takes place in the waters of baptism. The second one is when we come to Christ through obedient faith, by being united with him in his death through baptism. We're dying in the waters of baptism. And so, two great events take place at the same time. So we come to Christ through obedient faith. We're being united with him in his death through baptism so that the sinful state gets left behind and we come up new person. We're really putting the sins behind us in that water. We're dying to sin. We're putting it to death. We're leaving it there. And we're rising up a new creation. We're rising up to new life, a new person. We need to realize that we have responded to God's undeserved love and mercy for us by becoming one with Christ in his death by identifying with him in baptism. That's what we're doing. If we've been washed by the blood of Jesus through baptism, cleansed and forgiven by God for every wrongful act and sin we've committed, why then would we want to go back to sin? See, this applies to us too. Paul's talking to the audience here back in the first century, but it applies to us too. Once we've been baptized into Christ, we put on Christ, and we become God's people, why would we want to go back to sin? It's something that we need to think about. It's a, this is the question that the Apostle Paul had asked his audience. Take a look now, verses 5 to 8 of chapter 6. So Paul says, If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So if we've died with him, we also believe that we will live with him. If we were united with Christ in his death, when we went down in the waters of baptism, we certainly, when we have been raised out of the water, will be united with him in his resurrection. The idea here is coming back to life. Coming back to life. Just as Jesus died and came back to life, if we are united with Jesus through the waters of baptism, we also come back to life. A new life. We come up out of the water with life, eternal life, back to a new life with God, a life that we didn't have before, that maybe we thought we did. As we mentioned a moment ago, why would we want to go back to sin? Think of what you have when you come to that point. Why would you want to go back to sin? We shouldn't let sin enslave us again. We should be enslaved by Christ. We don't want to serve sin. We want to serve God. This is what the Apostle Paul said farther down. I'm going to jump ahead. Take a look at verses 12 to 14. The Apostle Paul is touching on this. He says, we don't want to serve sin. We want to serve God. Look at verses 12 to 14. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. 
Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. That probably would have rang true for the Jews. It probably would have struck them, cut them to the heart, I'm sure. And so they need to understand that following the law of Moses and being circumcised wasn't going to get them anywhere. They're under sin. They need to have the sin removed. And this is what Paul is talking about. So now we read verses 8 to 11, the last three verses here. And this is what Paul says. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So he said, we believe that we will also live with him. And that's referring to when Christ returns for us. We will get to spend eternity with him. However, we also need to live with Jesus now. We'll get to live with Jesus later, but we also need to live with him now. We need to live in Jesus' ways. We need to live as Jesus lived. We died his death and baptism. Now we need to live his life, live as he did. As Paul said, the death that Jesus died, he died to sin once for all, and the life he lives, he lives for God. When Jesus was on earth, that's all he ever wanted to do, was do the will of his Father. He lived for God. Jesus was and is the example for us to follow. He lived his life to do the will of his Father in heaven, obedient even to the point of death. He was willing to even die because the Father wanted him to. He could have decided not to do anything at all. Could you imagine if Jesus got to that point and he said, No, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to die for humanity. I don't, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to do this. Imagine we'd still be stuck in our sins with no hope of eternal salvation. But Christ didn't do that. He wanted to please his father, and that's what he did. He died on the cross for us. We need to be the same way. We have to live for God now and not ourselves. We should live our lives in such a way as to always please God. We need to consider God in all our decisions, everything we do. God should be the first person we think of when we make decisions. We need to be alive to God in Christ Jesus. We don't want to be dead to him again when we were dead in our sins. We want to be alive to God. Second Corinthians chapter 5, I just want to quickly read these two verses, and then I'm going to pose a question to you. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, and these words might ring true. You might remember these, these verses. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. We should live for God. And so I leave you this challenging question. Are we really living our lives for God? Are you living your life for God? And that's a question that only you can answer. If you are here today and you have not been buried with Christ, if you have not been washed in the blood of Jesus, won't you do that today for the forgiveness of your sins? Won't you make that decision this morning 
as we stand and we sing our invitation song, please come forward and make that decision now. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washing your blood of the